We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Dom Giordano show. You know, we see this routinely testimony today before the House of the President of Penn. Harvard and MIT, uh, where there have been some egregious things to put it mildly going along. But we have a donor to the University of Penn. We've heard about these men and women, uh, but we're very honored to bring them on to hear their side of it as far as their displeasure. Let's use that word here. Uh, Joining us is Dr. Um, Magerman. He is the managing partner of uh, uh, Differential Ventures, David Magerman. And he's uh, had some other stuff that's happened to him over the course of time by speaking out. Let's bring him in here on Talk Radio 1210 on the Dom Giordano program. Doctor, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. What is uh, Differential Ventures? What do you guys do? Uh, We invest in early-stage startups uh, in a data science AI space. And uh, would you have you publicly said, can you give us an idea as a donor to Penn, why that and, and how much, or say, over the course of time? Um, I've given probably like between five and ten million dollars to Penn over time. I would say that's uh, wow. substantial. Now, you, you see a growing number of people, particularly with Penn, Harvard and others. So what are you um, most angry about? Have you threatened or have you pulled your donation, say, for the upcoming year? Um, well, I've told the uh, the university that I'm not going to be giving any more money to Penn. Um, and it's not really about, I mean, it's about what's happened recently in the, the last few months with regards to the, uh, the reaction to the war, statements about anti-Semitism, and they uh, hosted this uh, Palestine Rights Festival, which um, I thought was handled very, very poorly by the administration. Um, but it's really more just a general decline in the values of the institution that I've been noticing over the past few years and been concerned about, expressed concerns to the administration and really heard nothing in response. And I think this is the, this is the last straw here. Could you be clear, though, by the, the values? You went to Penn? I went to Penn, yeah. Yeah. So what have you seen change explicitly? What What is it that you were noticing as it blew up into this? Well, I mean, I have um, uh, contacts with the Jewish community at Penn, uh, some organizations that do work on Penn's campus. And my two of my sons have attended Penn. And I noticed over the last five to 10 years, uh, a decrease in the acceptance rates of uh, Jewish students, um, especially religious Jewish students, 
and um, seeing that from uh, children of, of friends of mine whose kids didn't get in, even though their older siblings did get in, and seeing the population, the numbers of people uh, in the Jewish community declining. Um, and that's been, I think, a conscious decision by the school. Um, I don't know if there's exactly quotas, um, but there's definitely been a uh, concerted effort to reduce the number of students uh, that are religious Jews uh, from attending Penn. By religious Jews, could you be clear for us uh, what you mean by that uh, explicitly again? Well, there, there's a um, group at, at Penn called the Orthodox Community at Penn, okay. which is the collection of Orthodox students that they, they worship together, they mm-hmm. have community meals together, they, they socialize, and they do certain religious activities together. And that population has go- gone from maybe 200 to 250 kids a few years ago to more like 50 to 75 today. And it keeps shrinking as students graduate and uh, fewer students come in to replace them. Well, that's pretty explicit. So, yeah, when I was asking you before about Jewish students, what that meant, that's why I was drawing down. That is very explicit. Do you have any, you're obviously noticing that, you obviously think something's up. What is it that's up? What What is the objection? That would seem to be diverse by the definition of most colleges. These are a relatively smaller batch of highly qualified students, you would think uh, someone from that perspective adds diversity. Right. But I I think that the kind of diversity that uh, places like Penn want, they want diversity that's willing to melt. Uh, They don't like tribalism. Um, And and Orthodox Jews and Jews in general are a tribal community that they, you know, that they um, they certainly socialize broadly, but they, there are certain activities that uh, Jews do as a, as a religious group um, that could be viewed as tribal. And the, this kind of liberal um, social movement is really about breaking down these tribal boundaries and making everyone into a melting pot, taking away their identities in a lot of ways um, and removing distinctions. Um, and that's something I think that the Jewish community um, stands in contrast to. With what we've seen now uh, post-October 7th, uh, give us a sense of what you think uh, Penn should be doing if, if you had your will here in this uh, that reflects their values. I mean, this is a very determined group that uh, is organizing these protests. What would you say Penn should have done? I don't think Penn, look, Penn is an institution that has their own mission. Um, I think they've made it clear to me, at least, that their mission is in conflict with my values. Um, they're trying to create an environment that punishes what they view as oppressors um, over the oppressed, um, and they, you know, in many ways apologizing for some of the um, events of our distant past going back to, like, 1492 and 1619, um, that, that they're kind of waging a war against themselves, uh, you know, fl- flagellating themselves for the uh, colonialism and oppression of the past, um, you know, punishing Americans for having, you know, wiped out the Indians and um, been involved with, with uh, the slave trade and so on. And I think that carries to today, and they're deciding that they want to punish any group that they identify as colonialist or oppressing. Um, let, let me interrupt and the, say that, that that is the jackpot, and you're one of the few people that has actually, you know, put all this together, that Israel, surrounded as they are, under fire, you know, I've been there, I have a sense of it, you probably have a deeper sense, you've probably been there more, 
are the colonialists <laughs> suddenly. They're the big guy. They're the bully here. Right. Well, the, the, anyone who wins becomes the oppressor. Yes. Um, and the fact that, that, that Israel and, and the Jewish um, residents of Israel are successful in what they've tried to do, um, and the people around them have been less successful, uh, they're viewed as the oppressors. Um, I, was, I was in Israel on October 7th, um, and I experienced firsthand the terror that Israelis deal with all the time, you know, being put into a bomb shelter and being afraid to walk on the streets, um, being exposed potentially to, to missiles being launched, and frankly worrying about anyone that we see on the street that might you know, want to attack us just because we're Jewish. Um, and you know, the, with all that, with all that terror, er, Israel has been incredibly successful, um, and that really sticks in the craw of liberals in America that view the um, any any people of color who are not thriving as being victims of some kind of oppression. You know, I have to uh, go back for a moment, if you don't mind, David. And uh, you're the one person that really brought some facts to this, not just you know the post October seventh with Penn. Uh, the drop-off of Orthodox Jewish students there. That, uh, that the media, I guess, has disinterest, but that is uh, some breadcrumbs to follow to see where they're going with this stuff. Um, is it true, too, we, we had a sense, or we've seen some reports about George Soros. You had some criticism of him, and you may have had some backlash on that. I had criticism of George Soros. No, so, yeah. what, so what happened? Uh, yeah. What I what I pulled no. here. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I pulled a Vice News uh, thing, and there was that one point that Facebook hired a PR firm to come after you. Is that true? Is that is that what happened here? Yeah, that that was a, a while ago. I was campaigning against Facebook. I launched a group called Freedom from Facebook to, to kind of expose some of the dangers of social media, particularly Facebook. And Facebook believed that the um, I was doing it, you know, kind of quietly, anonymously. And Facebook believed that George Soros was behind that oh, okay. and actually tried to, you know, attack him. And I had uh, to come out publicly and, and make it clear that it wasn't him. It was okay. actually, you know, my, my measly money that was funding that gotcha. effort. Uh, uh, I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. So what is the reaction at uh, Penn? Do you speak with any of the other donors that have come out publicly? And, you know, they haven't been as explicit as you've been today, uh, very detailed in their objections to this. Well, you know, most of the donors at Penn that are objecting, while they're they're authentic in their concerns and they're they're generally trying to generally trying to um, affect change, but their goal is to rehabilitate the image of the school. You know, they have a lot invested in the um, image of, of Penn and their association with it, and they don't want to lose that. So they're working really hard to convince the school to to change the error of their ways. Um, whereas I don't really think that's an effective strategy because I think that we've seen now who they really are. They've shown us who they are. Um, and if they were to succeed in anything, they would succeed in covering over it with fake statements and, you know, misleading gestures um, and frankly lies to um, make it seem like that they're changing their ways. When in fact, their mission is different from what it's been in the past. And um, I don't think they're going to change for a donor uh, for any kind of movement. Um, so I've, I've, I've spoken to a number of donors and talk to them about what they're doing, and I respect them for their efforts and for their, their, in many cases, their bravery for speaking out. I just don't think that what they're trying to achieve is actually achievable. Couldn't agree with you more. And, uh, you know, as much as this is placing a dent in pen into its reputation in some circles, I'm sure they're calculating all that 
But but it, it does seem to be an enormous amount of money. So your contention from today, I guess, is that they are calculating that, but they're not going to change because this is who they are. This is what the core belief of the people there at Penn that are in charge is. Well, I mean, they have the, something like a $20 billion endowment. Yes. Um, and if they're, even if they're losing tens of millions of dollars of donors, um, that's from individuals. But they're also taking hundreds of millions of dollars from foreign governments, um, from Qatar, from Saudi Arabia, um, from China and Russia. There's a lot of money got, coming to schools like Penn that um, is easily going to replace the money that they're losing from uh, from donors. And that money is affecting changes on campuses, which is destabilizing uh, at least the communities on those campuses about Western society. So I think that our, our enemies are buying access to the educational institutions that teach our children. And that money is more valuable to these schools than individual donor money. You know, uh, the testimony today, uh, David, before the House was about that. I haven't seen what Penn's president, Harvard, and the others said, but it does seem to be an enormous amount of money. And when that money gets set in, be it the Chinese or the other ones you talked about, there is a payoff from that. There is something they're going to get for that. Well, it, it's uh, actually, I was involved with the research report that was put out that studied the, the money that went into these universities. Um, and it turns out that uh, colleges that took money from these authoritarian governments had three and, a, three and a half times as many anti-Semitic incidents on their campuses as other colleges. So one thing that they're buying is anti-Semitism. Uh, do you feel the media is, uh, you know, I, look, I am sympathetic to this. I'm in agreement. You're just uh, giving me a lot more information than even I had. Is the media asking you similar kind of questions like what you said about Orthodox Jewish students? Right there, that is something that ought to be explored, and Penn should have to uh, explain that, given all that's going on. Um, you know, people aren't really asking those kind of nuanced questions. I don't think that really that's what our mainstream media does these days. You know, they, they have headlines and they give um, statements in broad strokes that are intended to, like, be clickbait. Um, but I don't see a lot of people studying these issues at a deep level, um, nor do I think they really care about issues like that. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the media is, is, to a large degree, uh, in line with this, this movement. I mean, the 1619 Project was a product uh, project of the New York Times. Right. Um, so I think that there is a sense in which the media is complicit or at least in, in aligned admission with uh, what's going on in college campuses. So you withdraw money, tell them you won't do that. A lot of donors have. Is there any solution to this? What are you looking for? You sound like a guy who's looking to not just take away here, but looking for some kind of counterweight, some kind of balance or answer. What do you think there's an answer to this? Yeah, look, I, I think that parents have to change their attitudes about what they're looking for from their kids' education. Um, you know, I think to a large degree, parents wanted their kids to go to an Ivy League school for the paper that they got after four years that got them a job, um, regardless of what they're actually learning at the school. And I think parents need to be thinking more about getting their kids an education that will reinforce the values that they care about. Um, you know, these, a lot of these colleges are really godless places that um, don't accept any kind of absolute good and evil, absolute um, morality, any kind of commandness, um, any kind of belief in God. 
And there are still schools in, in, in America that do have that, you know, the Christian colleges, um, historically black colleges. There are a lot of places that do still have values, you know, with a capital V. And I think that parents should think about whether they want their kids to get an Ivy League degree at a valueless institution where they don't learn anything of merit, or if they want to go someplace where their, their kids are going to learn things that are in line with how they raise them. Um, and if we can have a shift in where we send our kids, eventually there'll be a shift in the balance of power in what schools are considered elite schools. It's such a pleasure to have you on, and I'm glad uh, you've given me a couple more insights into Penn that I knew. I do hope you continue this and uh, that you'll come back if there's uh, any developments around this in the near future. Sure. Happy to talk to you. Thank you, David. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, Dr. David uh, Magerman here on Talk Radio 1210. Another find from Dan. Dan, that is as good as it gets. Uh, the stuff he said, you know, about Orthodox Jewish, that's a provable thing. What, what would Penn say to that? And he's right. Why would the media see? I blame it not just on ideology. I blame it on incompetency. You know, they they don't hear what I just heard here. It, this was really inside stuff, giving you exactly the type of nonsense. And he was willing to call it out: the uh, colonizing stuff, the sixteen nineteen project nonsense, uh, the damage of that, the Columbus stuff, the whole deal. All right, 855-839-1210. So, uh, Give me a reaction. We got a listener who sent over this, Alexis. Yes. Uh, it's just a sampling of the core selections at UPenn. Yeah. You want a Education 5434? Yes. Topic, decolonizing education. There. <laughs> Description, yes. France Fanon in 1963 writes that decolonization, yes. quote, sets out to change the order of the world. This court approaches decolonization in and around education, not as a, quote, metaphor for civil and human rights-based social justice projects couching the diversity of inclusion and equity, but as a part of a range of political projects and experiments that have sought to fundamentally reorder global structures, systems, and relations of power. If you win, you're a colonial. So that means, I'm trying to think of the most winning teams out there, uh, uh, right now in pro sports, uh, well, you know, it's, there's parity because the socialists are there. We don't have to decolonize in pro sports now. For much of the formerly colonized world, Western education was one of the earliest and most enduring imperial projects, which deliberately undermined indigenous systems of knowing and learning in order to produce, quote, good subjects for incorporation into colonial regimes. Ah, there you go. Oh, uh, I'd like to debate that. Uh, let's bring that pen, Professor. Yeah, you can imagine that? Yeah, well, the guy's making two hundred thousand dollars a year, so he can afford to How put about, out the uh, education fourteen fifty. If you're an yeah. education major, you can take this one too. Remaking U.S. schools. What's the purpose of schooling? Why does education seem to be in a constant state of reform? Topics include political movements for racial justice in schools, policy, and legal efforts addressing equal opportunity. Yes, and you don't have to know math or speak English or read. Okay, uh, coming up, though, in a moment here, I just want to get you, get those... Uh, How about from- Education 5418, Global Governance and Cooperation? Students will explore the role of global government institutions and international development policy in facilitating or constraining progress towards the, quote, sustainable development goals. And that's tomorrow's show, The Climate. Uh, right now, though, it is time. Big prize today. If you missed it, be ready. It's... it's stop. Money Melody. That's right. We are playing today. Thank you, Walter Kosk. A pair of tickets to see Andrea Bocelli as he returns to the Wells Fargo Center once again, December 7th, 2023. 
Couple two days. days. So two days. Two days. So tickets on sale at Wells Fargo Center Philly dot com. I want to stress: only call us if you can yes, go. Of course, you can't be. Uh, yeah, yeah. This these is a these big are tickets. Price. We got two left. Uh, yeah. Right before the event, it's on Thursday. It's going to be a freaking awesome show. Yes. But make sure you can go. Don't be a prize hound here. You know, we, we, we want someone that can go to this show. Andrea Bocelli, Wells Fargo Center, December 7th, Thursday night, Dom. Yep, 8 o'clock. So you have time to get there, too. Uh, today, I thought I'd take a Bocelli song, him singing here. So that's not the answer. It's, and it's a cover song. So he is a cover artist. We're going to flip it on its head today and go real deep in the weeds. Today, I'm playing a cover song by Andrea Bocelli sang in Italian. I don't want the name of the original song. I want the writer the original singer of this song. So, Dom, we want to know who the original singer of this song, sung by Andrea Bocelli in Italian, is. We want the original. It's been covered. One of the most covered songs, I would say. And, and I feel like the original might be go, get lost, and he deserves some respect. So here is an you know, Andrea Bocelli cover. We want to know who the original artist of this song is. La fede mia mi abbandonò Si perse ma si ritrovò perché smarrito sempre la cercai. Bellezza, incanto e nostalgia ferirono la mente mia che lacrime. I'm gonna cut it right there. Uh, you know how I am. The build-up of a song that builds you to that moment. It's all in the build-up. That's oh, my so favorite song. And the beat to get to that bill already. They're dialing in 855-839-1210. So once again, we are looking for what, then? We want to know the name of the original singer of that song you just heard. In English. Yes. It's originally sung in English. Yes. We want to know who the original artist is who actually wrote the song as well. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's Dom Money Melody. Show me the money. All right, tickets for Andrea Bocelli this uh, Thursday again. 
Uh, you got to uh, be willing to know that you're going to go to participate in this big, big prize today. Dan, let's hear the clue. La fede mia mi abbandonò, si perse ma si ritrovò, perché smarrito sempre la and Dom, today we want to know the original, the writer of this song, the original singer right. of that song that was sung in English. It's a cover by Andrea oh, yeah, in Italian. Big, right. All right. Boy, there's a lot of money in covering. God, I got to get in. Anybody can just show up. You do a cover song of something. It's unusual. We've had Joe Pesci, but now we have somebody great today. Uh, let's go to uh, Donna in Elkins Park. Donna, good afternoon. Who's the original Hi, writer and Hi, singer? Dan. Hi, uh, I think it's uh, Leonard Cohen. Yes, it is. All right, Donna, enjoy Thursday night. Thank you. You are welcome. I'll put you on hold. Dan, I thought this was going to be beneath the surface enough. I didn't think they would get the... the yeah, I thought they'd get the song, but not the right so the, uh, original song. For singer. a long time, it was just not attributed to the guy. It, right. it, so he wrote it back in right. 1984 and, and recorded it, and there wasn't much success initially. And then John Cale record, recorded it in 1991 right. and, and inspired a recording by Jeff Buckley. And Jeff Buckley's version is the one that became most famous for a while. Uh, but then it's been recently been used in a lot of soundtracks, and then... Uh, when, when Leonard Cohen, uh, when he passed away a couple years ago, I think it was about, actually it was 2016 now, uh, it was often written that the, you know, Hallelujah writer, Leonard Cohen, great musician, passed right. away. So I think uh, around that time it really became well known that Leonard Cohen wrote this song, but we're talking about the treatment of, you know, Orthodox Jews on UPenn campus. It's a great Orthodox Jew right here, Leonard Cohen. Uh, writing this song, uh, I didn't know he was. Yeah, well, born that way. Uh, he he right. didn't. He did say that this song is not really religious in any way. It's just a celebration of life. Uh, he said there uh, there are religious hallelujahs, but sometimes you just need to say hallelujah because it's the only thing you can say when you look at the world. Uh, but just beautiful by uh, Andre Bocelli, the cover in Italian, and this cover is really special because that voice right here. Oh no, that's still Andre singing. But in yeah. the beginning, you hear. Let me let me go back a little bit. That's Andrea's daughter. So ah. she's singing in English along with Andrea in Italian. Wow. And I am jealous of uh, who, who just won that. Donna. 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 Donna great night. It's going to be a great, great show. All right. Thanks to Walter Kosk. I don't know if we'll have them tomorrow again or not, but. Uh, no, that's, that's the last, the last pair. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. That's what I heard back from it today. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> it's a show that both of us would love to go yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah. All right, so it's uh, 855-839-1210. That's how you get in, AT&T and Verizon Wireless. All you have to do is just push pound 1210. Now, you just heard from a guy, major donor, probably had given $10 million to Penn. And uh, he is the first one that we've heard be more explicit. That's why the, the details on this, of what they're doing at Penn. They don't want Orthodox Jews. you got too many of them. And where have we seen this before? We've seen it with every one of these elitist fake artists, like Harvard. Too many Asian students. They're too good at any um, mechanism that we can come up with. They're the best and the brightest. So what do we do? Well, I, I'd love to see the uh, test scores, and I'd love to see the uh, background of these geniuses that are involved in these... Um, 
anti-Semitic protest and the like. I'd love to see the SAT score. Oh, we don't do SAT scores. Penn has a specialty. What a joke. And you heard what he said. It's a long-term type of thing. Taking some of the sheen off this Ivy League education nonsense. Now, it's happening. I told you the other day that places like Walmart and Google and a few others, so many jobs, they won't require a college degree. All right, so Dan, how is that going on Twitter? Because... I think uh, it, it's overdoing. It, it just shows there's a gap here with people at Dom Show 1210. Yep. We asked the question. There is a um, <clears throat> professor emeritus in the Wall Street Journal we're trying to get on. His name is Ellis in California, and he wrote this piece today, made a persuasive case that big college, what's going on with college campuses, is the biggest threat to America, the threat from within. I put it at up there, number two, I have people on Twitter going wild saying it's the media. Well, they're they're just an outgrowth of some of this stuff. It's China. And you heard what uh, Megerman said. All this money coming from foreign countries that's going toward um, these campuses. Qatar, he mentioned. Saudi Arabia, throwing money around. What do they want for it? They want exactly what's happening here. And this is the one guy who was explicit about Jewish students who are religious, Orthodox Jews, from 2, 250 down to like 75. What's that reflective of? You know what it's reflective of. Why that all of a sudden? All right, Dan, what did you have there? Oh, did I have something? Yeah, I thought you did have something else. No, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Yeah, well, we'll play Karen Smith oh, uh, coming up. You want yeah, the results of the poll? That's what Yeah, I, the results uh, yeah, of the yeah, I'm sorry. poll. Yes. <laughs> well, well, well prepared producer you have here. Uh, what's the most dangerous to Americans the way we asked it? 56.9% Dom say open borders still. 18.7% big college. 17.1% China. And then in last place, 7.3% quote Trump on democracy. All right. Uh, and still, it, it just shows. And I, I asked, um, you know, that every night you see the border, whether they're telling us that the border is no problem or not, it's in the news so much. Come on, wake up. The border is not. The president of the United States, if it's Trump again particularly, or DeSantis, for example, Nikki Haley suspect. If it's either one of them, I mean, DeSantis is talking about bombing the drug cartels along with Trump. A president of the United States can put a stop to this pretty quickly. It's not this humongous problem that we can't deal with, all right? It's a big problem. But let's keep the eye on the ball. My God, do you remember the pandemic? Do you remember how crazed they were just because of Daryl Morey saying um, free Hong Kong? They are an existential threat to everybody alive in the world. And Once again, the border, fentanyl, China. I just cannot believe it must just be sheep, Dan, to get all fired up and say, that, of course, it's enormous. I get the consequence, but it's fixable. China is not fixable for us to be at war with them. I don't mean a shooting war, economic and otherwise, and even our medical supplies. Think for a moment. Well, Dan, what do you think's fueling us? Uh, just media completely being silent on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's just not enough. There's just of the no coverage of it. It's it, and it's so it's so prevalent. It's right. crazy that people just don't recognize it. It's every aspect of the crap we're seeing destroy America is all driven by China. 
Exactly. It's exactly. all driven by, and that was a point that Marcus made on Twitter that, you know, people are voting for open borders or big college, but the underlying, you know, root of the issues we have with the open borders is somewhat instrument, or instrumented by China or big college, the communism that we see. It's right. propagated by China. Exactly. And you don't think China considers us their number one most dangerous threat? Because they do. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. As if, if they still uh, hold us as capable of beating well, them in the end, I'm not even sure if they do anymore. Their goal is to make their economy, their GDP, surpass the United States and take over as the world superpower. Right. So us sitting in that current seat, we are their number one priority. You would hope. I don't even know if that's the case. They may be thinking we've already beaten them. Look it's at true. the president. Yeah. yeah. If it's another term of Biden, God only knows. All right, phone lines are 855-839-1210. Coming up, a little bit of, the, at least that you'll hear it, of the background of Eric Harrison, the man who was stabbed doing his job yesterday. Wait until you hear about this man who was a loss prevention, shoplifting uh, there in Macy's to protect against that, stabbed in the neck and killed at the age of 27, versus Krasner and shoplifters, he loves them. Behavioral therapy, that's what they need. Feliz Navidad, prospero año y feliz oh, is excellent. Yeah, with the family now. Feliz Navidad. That's a son singing right there. And it's feliz Navidad. How old's a kid? She looks like she's probably like 14 or so, and okay. he's probably in his 20s. Oh, okay. I don't know how old uh, Andrea Bocelli is, Dan. I'd say about 60 or no. Maybe I'm aging him a little bit there. I'm uh, looking up here. 65. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was in the ballpark. Okay. Uh, great prize again for Dom's Money Melody. Each day we have a really good one. Side question today, and we're coming to you. Uh, hit us with that person you'd like to argue for you, whatever the real or fictional. I haven't gotten too many fictional yet. A couple of things. Let me just take a moment. We played you, Ralph Cipriano, going back and forth with Larry Krasner. Who maintains, is there any media, you know what, we're going to stand up to this guy, Dan. He's calling us all liars, saying that they're, and the mayor, Sherelle Parker, he's saying there is no memo, there is no policy of the $499. Where did you all get this from? Are they not going to stand up to this for once to this guy? Agree with him then. Tell us, yeah, you guys, like Dom Giordano, you're all making it up. I've never seen a guy, it's like the man's name that you cannot say. Do not utter it. Who knows what will happen to you? But listen to this guy who was killed, the 27-year-old loss prevention, shoplifting prevention guy over the murder at Macy's, Eric Harrison. Harrison had worked in loss prevention at the Center City Department Store for more than two years. His mother, Dawn Harrison, said Tuesday morning. He worked two full-time jobs. First, he would sort mail overnight. Now, I work the overnights. I know how hard that is to do. At the United States Postal Service on Byberry Road in the Northeast, then drive down to open the Macy's, Macy's on Market Street. Wow, what a guy. So I don't know if this guy's working like 15 hours, 12 hours, 13, whatever. And he's stabbed by a maniac allowed to be running wild with at least, according to news reports, 12 arrests, some of them in Philadelphia, some of them, sadly, too, in the suburbs, who goes back and gets a knife and then heads toward a notorious 
shall we say, drug corner stop on the uh, Frankfurt L at Somerset. Okay? How in the world do we have a society where this goes on and the media just, let's move on to the next story. This, this is a grabber here of one guy pursuing this type of life, uh, living with his mom, soon to try to move out, stabbed to death in the neck right there over the holidays in the middle of the city, a block from City Hall. And all that we get is, well, what's, don't connect any dots here. There is no memo about shoplifting with Larry Krasner. But it's not just about Krasner, Dan. People know how I feel about Krasner. I'm sworn. Do I have to have cut blood here? Do you have to come in and I take a, you burn my hand, a blood oath to do all that I can? What happened in the suburbs is what I want to know. And I'm working behind the scenes with some people trying to get to that Bucks, Delco, and Montgomery County. If this guy was arrested, why was he not convicted? Do they, do they have a policy now, some of these people? I want to know from the DA, what happened here? I have no idea what you're talking about. Now, it's been rumored that he's a little bit light on stuff like this, you know? Uh, I, I would ask him to uh, come on, uh, Stolsteimer. Stolsteimer, yeah. Yeah, and tell us Stolsteimer, that's not yeah. the case, why this guy was arrested. And, and I'm tired of hearing, well, we can't talk about this, that, or the other. Now, this is what the media ought to be doing. This man is the epitome of someone trying to live, doing productive work, the American dream. I don't know his education level, where working two jobs with his mother, and he gets stabbed by this maniac in the neck to death in the middle of Macy's at the Christmas holidays. And that's not a story that has all that you need to try to pivot from this and say, Something is wrong. Not just Krasner. Of course, he's the centerpiece. Yes, Dan. Uh, can I call two people out by name at the Inquirer? Yeah. yeah. Um, Craig McCoy, Dylan Purcell. If this makes it right. back to you, I implore you to do an article, please, because they had an article titled uh, back in 2022, Stores Battle Shoplifting Amid Thefts or by Organized Rings. And in said article, they write, quote, in a February 2018 memo, Krasner instructed his prosecutors to seek less jail time for marijuana possession, prostitution, and shoplifting. Krasner decreed the office would generally treat retail theft as a summary offense unless the stolen items were more th- worth more than $500 or the suspect had a history of thefts. Here in the Inquirer, uh, Dylan, uh, what was the other kid's name? I'm sorry. Craig. Dylan yeah. Craig. Or guy. I'm sorry. It, Krasner just called you a liar. Right. Exactly. He also just called the incoming administration, the incoming mayorship, a liar. He, he straight up said, Sherelle Parker, well, he didn't say it. I'm sorry. He called uh, Cipriano a liar uh, for having falsehoods, such as reporting exactly what you just reported, guys, in the Inquirer. And then Cipriano asked, well, do you think that about the mayor? And he just continued. He, he, he is indignant. He's, this is the time that you got to step up and tell the truth about what the hell's going on in the city. Because now you have a DA who's out there offering falsehoods by saying that you guys, you, Craig, you, Dylan, you're offering falsehoods by reporting the truth. This is bad. Yeah. Do something. You have the power to write about it. Do something. Please. They're going to be media punctum here. The Craig entire... McCoy, Dylan Purcell, right. I hope you hear this. I hope they do. Right. The entire media. Why did they write it before? They have fact checkers. At home because it is a fact. That's what he's been doing. He just said today, you're all making it up. Falsehood. Cipriano and these others. It's a falsehood. Stop it. We do charge people. When does it end? How much more blatant? You got a guy lying to the... And it's not just him. I want to know what happened out in Delaware, Bucks, and Montgomery County. Why was this maniac 
allowed to be on the streets to prey on the rest of us, headed to a notorious drug corner. Thank God the police did a good job of bringing them in. But my God, to just... Your facts are scrambled. This office has never, never, ever, Mr. Cipriano. Excuse me, let me finish. I'm answering your question, sir. You can wait for my answer or we can call this off. This office has never, ever, 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 ever had a policy of not charging people for the theft of less than $500. That has never existed, and it is never what we have done. What you are doing is repeating falsehoods that have been put out there and repeated over and over. And I think from the perspective of journalistic standards, it's good to talk about the truth. Go find that policy. All of our policies are on the we web. We found it, Larry. We you found it. You find me yeah. any evidence at all that this Oh, office so if it's not on the website, it's not what the policy is there. And then we there. can talk about that situation. But the problem that I have is when you have people who are at least adjacent to journalism, who are repeating adjacent. things that are untrue adjacent. over and over and adjacent. Over. If that's what you <laughs> You're are doing, You're out of order. You're out of order. Helping. I got to go back because I, I just I went over that. That's question. that's yeah. Ralph asking. Are, are yeah. you quoting the mayor? Are you saying she's yeah, full of right. falsehoods? If that's what you well, the inquirer is better than the mayor on this. She's relying on the inquirer too. Are you saying she's um, I think I've answered your question. I think I think when you have a steady so saying, yes. of falsehoods coming from people like you, Mr. Cipriano, I, I think when you have a steady steady drumbeat of falsehoods, a lot of people can get confused. So I would encourage. All of us, as we're making our New Year's resolutions, to have a trade in the truth, to talk about what the truth is, because what you are actually doing here is simply repeating. Notice, notice, everyone, this was a setup. He never gives uh, Ralph much of a time, Dan. He wanted to do this today, to use this, and Cipriano, to call out the media and saying, you're punks. I did it. We all know I did it. This, This is Jack Nicholson, you know? I did order the Cobrick. I did order this, but you're not going to call me on it, are you? Let's see who first in the media now will step up and give us the full record. The Inquirer should have five printed pages up right now defending their journalism. Craig and Dylan, this is on you guys. Yeah, but I'm glad you, uh, you know, I would, I'd be the first to commend them if they do. All right. I call them kids. I'm very much yeah. apologizing. They're yeah, very yeah, respected they're individuals. They're probably twice as old as you. <laughs> they, they, yeah, the double choir. my age. Hey, most kids. Part. Uh, Sorry, Craig. Or you're at the TV news or whatever. Let's settle that. Do we ever settle anything? Was this what he said? Yes. This is a blatant. This is him showing I'm not backing down to anybody. Now, it doesn't depress me to think this guy's like this. It energizes me. It will be so much sweeter when he loses one way or the other. Are the media punks is the headline for tomorrow's show. We'll see. All right, Lightning Round is next here on Talk Radio 1210. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. The time has come for the final test. Uh, we usually call it the lightning round. Hey, Dan, you lit a fire at the Inquirer, Dom Giordano's show. They have uh, a little bit more on the story. He's arrested nearly 20 times in Philadelphia, Bucks, Delaware, and Montgomery counties, as well as New Jersey. In fact, he's a fugitive from New Jersey. I mean... How many times has something like this happened? This guy should have been put away for life, it looks like to me at this point. And he's serving concurrent probations across all these places. Maybe he shouldn't be doing that. Most recently, he got out, got out of prison December of 2022. And this man's dead around that. All right, lightning round here. Let's go to uh, Joe in Exton. Joe, good afternoon. Who do you have today? Hello, Dom, and good afternoon. The person whom I would choose to speak on my behalf is Mark Levin. Levin has a working knowledge of history, and his argumentation is logical and rational. All right, thank you. That was an interesting choice. I would say, too, it's bombastic. Uh, the Earl of uh, Tacconi on Talk Radio. No, well. No There's his calling well, card. Great work uh, yesterday, Earl. Um, who do you have today? Uh, thank you, talk show host. No, I'm sorry, you. I thought it was Dick Cheney, where I refer to people by adjectives instead of their name. I mean, Daughter, go I mean, off and the, save the republic. But um, my answer, uh, it's inconceivable. It would be Wallace Shawn, the kidnapper in uh, Princess Bride, Ooh. where he goes and he argues. You know, um, you know which chalice has the poison? Well, being that you're educated, you know that you're mortal, and you keep the poison as far away from you as possible. But I'm educated, so you know that I know that. So you keep the chalice closer to yourself. But you know that I know that you know that. So you would change your mind, and you'd put the chalice as far away from you as possible. You're confusing the uh, – very confusing right now. Well, I haven't even started yet. <laughs> very good. Mike, how does he come up with him? Uh, Don and Franconia. Don, who's yours? Yes, so good afternoon, Dom. There's only one guy that could get uh, O.J. off, and that's Johnny Cochran. Well, that closing argument was a masterpiece, particularly when he put the cap on and was running around with it. Uh, well, this lawyer might be, uh, I'm partial to this one. Jerry in Wilmington, who's yours? Yeah, Dom, when, when I heard fictional, the first guy I thought of was Atticus Finch. Oh. I want him as my, my lawyer. Very good. Oh, boy, we're flat out of time. Too much show today, Dan. So we got to decide on who do we want arguing for us coming off Pawn Stars. Um, Robin Williams is a great answer from Gary in Newtown. Right. Brian in the Northeast said you. I, I'm going to nominate that as a, as a leader today. I really like that answer. And along those lines as well, Mark Levin, two great uh, you know, pontificator talk show hosts. Uh, Earl with Wallace, Sean, uh, Johnny Cochran, a real fun. lawyer. And, and right. I really like that last answer, Jerry in Wilmington with Atticus Finch. Yeah, I would. Let's go with Mark Levin. I'm not going to say me on this. Oh, you can't. Yeah. So yeah, 
Let's go with Mark. Can I overrule you? All right, you can no, overrule no, me. No, no, you know what? I don't want to yeah. do that. I don't want to okay. do that to Joe. Yeah, Joe, Joe in the hat goes in the hat. Joe and Exton, yeah, Mark Levin. Joe and Exton, yes. I, I think that would be a little bit improper. If you had pressed me a little bit more, though, I would go on it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah what a show to choose today. Us for that, what yeah. a show. Dan, thank you for getting uh, Dr. Uh, Magerman on. That interview up on podcast, if you missed it, it was very, very explicit about Penn and what's going on there. Orthodox Jewish students, now nah, we don't want you. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3, from Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.